It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. The sky may be falling, but we are joined, as we are every Monday, by Lindsey Crosby, the host of MLB Prospects, as well as um, my former co-host here in Auburn Radio Land. Lindsey, how are you? I'm doing well. Glad we're bringing back Radio Land. I missed that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So, what a crazy weekend! And it's interesting because it was a crazy weekend, but like not a whole lot happened. It's just more of the same of like this drawing out the uncertainty of, um, you know, just the the chaos that is happening around this Brian Harson situation. Nothing has come out to make it seem like he's staying. Um, the only thing that really seems like is um, changed is okay. We kind of know more details about his vacation, but that's um, that's about it. I mean, I've never seen anything like this before. The waiting is killing me. It feels like when you're a kid and you get in trouble, and your parent says, "Wait till your other parent gets home from work," and you're just sitting at home and you have no idea what's going to happen, and there's nothing going on, and so you just sit there and your mind just runs random places that's what this feels like because no information's getting out there's no updates and so i mean the locked on auburn discord has been popping today with just True. all kinds of conversation everything about future coaches to to how this thing's going to play out to when are we going to know to players who might stay or go or it's just it's this is unprecedented and i just i need closure yeah, they've got to they've got to move one way or the other. Either a press release needs to come out, or probably even more, just a press conference from Alan Green and the quote unquote powers that be, saying that they back Harson, they back him, you know, moving forward, and you know they fully support him, and yada yada yada. Or they move on. Is one of those better than the other? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty down the middle, despite what the YouTube comments say. Um, but I I think. It's really tough, even if they come out and support Brian Harson. I think the damage has been done. But, Lindsay, I also think you can make the argument that the amount of players that have come out in support of him and guys like Nick Brahms flat out calling out the board of trustees saying like, hey, talk to us. We'll tell you how great Brian Harson is. I think that in a normal place would go a long way. I don't think Auburn is too interested in that. Um... And I think that kind of tells me all I need to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a situation where I don't understand how you would expect Harson to come back from it unless he rallies around the support of the players and then this is that moment where he's like, okay, here's exactly what I've been doing wrong and I have I have to get all of this stuff fixed right now. And so like, you can, if you have enough idle time, which we've had this weekend, you can sit there and you can game plan out. If Brian Harson stays, 
How does he use this moment? How does he learn from this? And how does he bring the program forward? And you can see the path. You know, the players support him. The right. players that don't, he there's a common theme behind the reasoning why they don't support him. And so there's behavior and character changes he can make to, to accommodate that. And then the complaints fans have about like recruiting and stuff, there's changes you can make there. Like you can see how he could, but I, I just don't, I just don't think it's possible. I think at this point there's been a, it's become enough of a national story Mm -hmm. and it's drug on long enough where if they were, if you were obviously the guy and they were behind you, they would have said something by now. This wouldn't have been dragging on from Friday to as we're recording late Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, And so at this point, it's clear to everyone on a national level that Auburn is not necessarily, does not necessarily think Brian Harson is the guy. And if that's the case, you got to pull the plug and move on. I expect him to not be Auburn's head coach by the time we record a podcast for Tuesday. I mean, I I think if you were listening Monday morning, I think it happens today. Um, Just because, I mean, I honestly didn't think he would survive the weekend. And once again, is this the right thing to do? That is not what I'm saying here. I'm telling you what I think is going to happen. And I think that Auburn will move on from Brian Harson. I think it's going to be nasty. I think they're going to believe that they have cause. And Lindsay, you're going to kind of explain what all the, you know, the, the contract stuff in the second segment that's coming up in a few minutes here with the monies and, you know, how, what, what does, you know, for cause mean and all that stuff. But I think this is going to drag on for a long time. Um, but I think Auburn will do this knowing who they want to be their head coach, which is evident that they did not do this when they fired Gus Malzahn, which is that the right way to approach it or not? I don't know. I think if you're going to spend 20-plus million dollars, you need to have a better plan. But look, we talked about this 14 months ago, Lindsay, and I kind of, you know, got questioned a lot on it when I said, you know, the coaching search was an embarrassment for Auburn University, the way it was handled. I think hiring Brian Harson was great. I think it was a good move at the time. But now you look back and it's like the same reasons that that was a disaster from the outside looking in is the same, it's happening right now, right? I mean, the, the black eye of the perception of this university is, you know, there, there's too many, there's too many folks, uh, too many chefs in the kitchen, I think is the, is the right term. Too many people that, you know, they, they feel like they have the authority to, you know, make certain calls. And this group of people does not appear to want Brian Harson at Auburn. They didn't 14 months ago and they don't know. Yeah, and if I'm a person who's looking at coming to Auburn, because despite what it may appear like, this is an attractive job. I mean, about to open a football-only facility in a prime recruiting area. This is an attractive job, despite right. w- this nonsense we're watching right now. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm looking at coming to Auburn, I want to be in contact with those people. I want to talk to them before I take the job, and I want to make sure that they're going to back me and support me mm-hmm. because I can say, well— Towards the end of his tenure, you didn't support Gus Malzahn. And the entire 14 months Brian Harson was there, you didn't support him. And I don't want to be there for a year, year and a half, bring my kids to school here, buy a house, and then you guys decide you don't want me and try to throw me out while I'm on vacation in Mexico at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah, I think um, I think whoever they bring in will have the trust. I think that will be a two-way street. Um mm-hmm. Because I think that would have been there 14 months ago if they had gone with the guy they wanted to go to. And, of course, that being Kevin Steele. And, you know, I've seen the comment out there a lot, Lindsay, 
Kind of similar to what you just said as far as February is a really weird time to hire a head football coach. Mm -hmm. But I think in real world, in normal land, not Auburn, but normal college football land, right? I, I think you're all, you can look out and say, okay, who are some of the good coordinators that probably should have been considered for a head coaching job or were considered for a head coaching job, maybe made the final two or three at a couple different places, but didn't quite land the gig that they wanted? I think you'd be able to go out and get the best of, of those and kind of, you know, roll the dice and see if it works. But... I don't think that's the proper way to look at it in this current context in the scenario that pertains to Auburn because they're not doing this unless they have somebody in mind. And I believe they're doing all this for Kevin Steele. I I keep seeing the name Hugh Freeze pop up. And while that would be fun and exciting, and I think you could kind of talk yourself into making it make sense, I think that's more of an Auburn fan thing than actually what people are hearing. You know what I mean? That feels like it's a little too far out on a limb for the powers that be to be behind that plan. That's That feels like it's more of a, this would be nice more so than a realistic scenario. Right, because... And yeah, I agree. I mean, th- these rich people with money, rich people with money, I hate it when people do that. I just did it. I, I was, uh, sorry about that. It's redundancy. But the whole, like, if you want control which that seems to be the biggest thing, Lindsay, is, you know, the power struggle. They don't know Hugh Freeze. So they don't know if they can control Hugh Freeze or not. You know what I mean? So, like, that one doesn't make sense. I like Hugh. I think he'd be a good coach here. But I just, I don't think that's a realistic option at this time. Yeah, uh, it very much feels like a a guy like a Kevin Steele is someone they know. If you don't want to think about Kevin Steele, you think about other guys who have been through Auburn that those powers that be are familiar with. You think about maybe a Rhett Lashley, something like that. Uh, but it kind of feels like, you know, they 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 had half of a plan mm-hmm. when they got rid of Gus. And the half of the plan was, oh, we're just going to stick Kevin Steele in the job. Nobody's going to stop us. And then Alan Green put up a bit of a fight. And so I think if they're going to all of this trouble, they have already game planned out the entire scenario to bring their guy into the job. And the guy's probably Kevin Steele. It's a wild time. It is a wild time. Hey, if Coach Harson does get let go from this job and you have a good feeling of where it could go, head over to Betaline. Uh, .net. You can check out all of the content that they have up there because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football is never ending, uh, obviously, you know, they may not be playing games, but there's still stuff um, going on. And then also, you know, betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news any season. Uh, it's not just football. Obviously, BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. BetOnline, where the game Starts. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. And Lindsay, I'll bring you in because you're a customer for Fetch Me as well. But Fetch Me Alcohol is launched, Lindsay. We talked about it a little bit last week. And I got this note from our friends at Fetch Me over the weekend. This week, Lindsay, they are adding over 3,000 products and launching an update to the site, which is fetchmealcohol.com. And so they're going to have multiple merchants on the site. So your customers, you know, obviously you, you can mix and match with kind of anything that you want. So if you want to order alcohol in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, fetchmealcohol.com is really the only way you're able to. 
and what a perk it is to be able to have that access in this community. Listen, I actually did it during the week. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. So we had, you want to tell we us had what you home delivery. Do what? Tell us what you ordered. Um, I ordered whiskey. So we had fetch me home delivery, bring a lunch to the bank on Friday. And then Friday night, it was a, it was a late night of the, the office Friday night. I got home at the same time as to fetch me alcohol to the house. Nice. Couldn't have been a better experience. Very easy. They they really take care of you. The guy was super personable and nice. Love it. Right to my door with it. Could not recommend more. This is the easiest and simplest and safest way to go out and get more alcohol if you need it. Yeah, so be sure to check that out. Fetchmealcohol.com. All right, we teased it just for a second, um, Lindsay, but... There's a lot of people just throwing out stuff regarding contracts and, you know, I guess the legal side of it. But you're the money guy here. Take mm-hmm. us through what the money situation looks like. Um, like, what does it take to fire Brian Harson if you're Auburn? Okay. So the first thing is understanding firing somebody for cause versus without cause. Yep. And everybody has been saying, fire him for cause, fire him for cause. You need to understand to be fired for cause the employee, in this case, Brian Harson, had to commit a serious violation of the employment agreement and or stated and agreed university policies. If the act or behavior they did is prohibited by, by policies and it's established in the policies that you can be fired for doing that, then you can have a claim for fireable for cause. Being bad at your job is not fireable for cause when you have an employment contract. Mm-hmm. So, if Auburn attempts to fire Brian Harson for cause, 100% guaranteed this is going to become a legal case, and this will probably stretch out for a while. Nick Rolovich in Washington, he was the coach that, not going to talk about the politics of it, he was the coach who didn't want to get vaccinated. They had a rule you had to be vaccinated. He was fired for cause. That is still going its way through the legal system. Right. That is going to be a case for probably a year. The Harson situation is the same. Assuming, like that's, that is a very high bar to establish. So let's assume that they are not going to find a reason to fire him for cause. Okay. If you fire him without cause, like you did for Gus, it is an $18.3 million buyout. So what it is, is it is 70% of whatever is owed on the rest of the contract at that time. He signed it in December. So we are in year two. Uh, Now Gus was about 75%. So similar structure, but when you fire him 30% of, sorry, 50% 50% of that contract is due within the first 30 days. So you owe Brian Harson a $9.15 million payment within 30 days. Wow. And then the other $9.15 million is stretched over four payments annually. So once a year from 2023 through 2026, you cut a check for $2.3 million to Brian Harson every year. So we are doing that with uh, with Gus Malzahn now. Right. He has uh, 22, 23, and 24 are his, um, are his, I'm sorry, and 25 are his full remaining checks. Harson would be 23 through 26 if we fire him. And then the other hard part about this, and this is something we've seen in coaching contracts recently, because coaches have all the power in college football now, is there are no offsets and no mitigation. And what this means is mitigation is if we fire you from a job, you are required to go try to get an equivalent job so that we don't have to pay you as much money because the offset says whatever you make from your new job is subtracted from how much we owe you. So if we owe you $2.3 million a year and you get a job for $300,000, now we only owe you $2 million a year. 
that's standard in coordinator contracts. That's standard in defensive assistant contracts. Uh, Brian Harson does not have that. Gus Malzahn did not have that. A lot of head coaches hired in the last four or five years have not had that. So Gus Malzahn could have just sat back and collected all that money, did not have to work, did not have to do anything. Brian Harson can just collect $18.3 million. And the, and the, the fact that he has $18 million on the table is why Brian Harson is not going to quit from Auburn. No, He's why would you leave Auburn? Right. Because not only does he have that, but he has a buyout. If he leaves the job on his own, it's $5 million. If he leaves in year two, it goes down every year towards the end of the contract. Wait, so Auburn has looking, to pay him if he leaves. No, he has to pay Auburn. He has to pay all, he okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That so, sounds ridiculous. So the idea, yeah. The idea here is if, if another program were to come poach him, they have to pay us pay it, right. for getting Brian Harson. Yeah. So, but it works off of him. It doesn't work off of if he goes somewhere else. If he quits, he owes us that money. Now, I've been told, sources have said that if he's willing to quit, we are willing to waive that buyout. Mm. But the man has 18.3 million reasons to not quit this job. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of folks tie, you know, well, you know, maybe they could fire him for the losing record. And it's like, that's not, that's not how that works. That is um, not for cause. It is a yeah. very high bar to clear. It very rarely happens. And every time it comes up, it is a lawsuit. Matter of fact, uh, Mike Leach, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, um, Leach at, at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. the lawsuit against Texas Tech for the firing just finally got resolved. Where he like and that locked was the kids in the bathroom ago. or whatever? Supposedly he locked, yeah, like yeah. He, he locked a player in a dark room because the kid had a concussion and wasn't sensitive to light and all of that. Yeah. That just got resolved, and that was a decade ago. I mean, this is going to drag out for a long time if Auburn tries to fire Brian Harson for cause. I just don't see anything in what we've heard that would give you a reason to say that he violated university policies and or his employment agreement. Right. Yeah. So there. Did, did we get through all of your, your numbers and, and um, contract stuff? Yeah, we've covered all of that. Okay, cool. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Hey, um, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of year um, where folks are still trying to get healthy, but you know maybe you're leaning off of it a little bit. You hit January really hard, and February rolls around. And you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, eating healthy it, it, it kind of wears you down as far as you know mentally. But hey, Built Bar has you covered. You're probably thinking, where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar is the way to go. They also have uh, puffs, built built puffs. If you haven't tried that, um, that is one of um, that is one of Built Bar's best tasting products. So be sure to check it all out at built.com. 130 calories for most bars, just four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Lindsay, you sent me an article um, from The Athletic. Andy Staples wrote it, which, sidebar, 
it's weird that they're writing about Auburn stuff because they do not want to have an Auburn writer. So, yeah, no, they said that apparently we don't have enough people that that uh would pay for Auburn stories for them to make a profit off of it. And I'm pretty sure we both know a guy who's making a living off of it, but neither here nor there. Yep. Unrelated. You can sign up at auburnobserver.com for uh, $6 a month, $6 a year, baby. Yep. Worth every penny. Support our buddy Jay Ferg. But talking about really breaking down Harson as a recruiter and how it's really hard to make the argument um, that like a championship is on the horizon during the remainder of his contract. Yeah, and the the article goes on to say, like, yeah, it's been 14 months, but here's all of these different times where you can look at an SEC coach, a new SEC coach, after one full recruiting cycle, and here's how the results there project out to future recruiting classes. And in essence, you are who you are. By the time you've had one full recruiting cycle, the quality of your classes is around the same place the quality of your classes will always be. And they go back all the way to 2001, to Saban's first cycle at LSU. Mm-hmm. They look at 08, Saban's first cycle at Alabama. 06, Urban Meyer's first class at Florida. Meyer's 2013 Ohio State class. Jimbo Fisher at Florida State in 2010 and 2011. Look at both of them. Gene Chiswick in 2010. You know, and they just go all the way through. And then you look at Brian Harson, and they say, well, guess what? Harson's got to coach against three of these people every single year. He isn't like they're signing better players. They're going to keep signing better players. And nothing that he has done so far makes it look like his recruiting is going to catch up. And the reports that we're hearing are that he's not doing some of the relationship work that you need to do for recruiting. And you're not in a position where you can sit back and out-culture an Alabama or out-culture a Texas A&M or out-culture a Georgia. Right. You have to outwork them. Right, yeah. And look, if you are pro-Brian Harson, which you have every right to be, um, you need to quit downplaying the 18th-ranked recruiting class in the country. That is not good. That is not good. And for folks saying that it's... um. You know, for somebody who's his, in his first year where he's having to, you know, hire a bunch of different coordinators and things like that, that's not really true. I mean, Auburn should never recruit outside of the top 12, in my opinion. That's just, that's just how I see it. Auburn should be a top 12 class every single year. I think they actually should be a top 10. And with, you know, how we've handled NIL, I mean, I, th- I think we should be a lock for a top 10 every single year. And NIL is kind of what saved us with the late push in the early signing period, and then folks in, on staff that were using NIL, based on folks that I've talked to, um, you know, they're not with they're they're not with the program anymore. So I, I think that's kind of the biggest issue: is are you going to use every advantage that you have at Auburn to get the best players every single year? And to me, I don't think we've seen that in the first fourteen months. Do I think Brian Harson is a good coach? Yes. As far as what is happening on the field, absolutely. I think the changes that he's made to the program, I think are really, really positive. But you have to recruit. You have to recruit. I know I know the transfer portal changes things a little bit. It makes it a little bit less important. I 100% agree with that point. But still, you cannot be the head coach at Auburn and your first full cycle finish 18th. That is not... If you are pro-Brian Harson, 
that is not the nugget that you need to downplay. Do you agree with me on that? I'm not being too harsh on that, am I? You're not being too harsh. And it's because when you look, the quality of your first class is pretty indicative of the quality of the rest of your classes. And it, it, it has a lot of parallels to Dan Mullen at Florida. Dan Mullen comes in, in, you know, in beginning of 2018 and has good players there. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, you know, Jim McElwain had gotten them. Right. They go out there, they go 10 and three, they beat Michigan. But then every recruiting cycle, they're bringing in lower quality players than Georgia, than Alabama, than everybody else. And you see Florida dropping farther and farther back until 2021. Trask and Pitts are gone. Um, Florida gets absolutely destroyed. Kirby Smart wins a national championship. And so, you know, and so, and Mullen gets fired because of that discrepancy. The job at Auburn is to win a national championship. The goal is not to win the SEC. The goal is not to beat Alabama. The goal is not to win the West. The goal is to win a national championship. Right. You have to have those incredibly high aspirations. You are not the biggest program in a 500-mile radius like you were in Boise, Idaho. This is not the Mountain West. The two closest SEC schools to you are the last two national champions. You are between the two of them. And I have been gung-ho Brian Harson as much as anybody. I have loved the culture changes. I have loved all of the hard work. I have loved the one and no mentality, the water bottle thing and everything. Sure. Yeah. But if you are skipping state high school coaching conferences, if you are visiting single digit high schools between early signing day and national signing day, you are not putting in the work to win a national championship. And if that's, if that is who you are, that is fine. That will work at 85% of schools in the country. This is not one of those schools. And if this is the situation we are in, and this is what I, what I alluded to in the first segment, mm-hmm. there's a chance that Brian Harson comes out of this whole situation and realizes I have to do extra work on recruiting to keep up with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. I can't rest on my laurels. They don't know who I am. I have to do extra work. And there's a chance he prioritizes all of this stuff and just goes incredibly hard from now on totally. and wins in recruiting every day. But we have been given no indication that that's going to happen. Right. And I just don't think we can assume it's going to. I think we're at the point we know right now this is who Brian Harson is, and it's just not the best fit for Auburn. And because I, we need that guy who's going to outwork everybody. And I think this job, Lindsay, got harder this offseason with the hiring of Billy Napier, I think he's going to be incredible at Florida. And Auburn's been mm-hmm. able to get some dudes out of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to recruit South Georgia really hard, of course, as well. So I think that's going to be tough. And then, you know, Ed Orgeron was a good recruiter, but I think Brian Kelly is actually going to be better. <laughs> I think he's going to be really, really good. And dudes are buying into, you know, stepping on that spinning pedestal thing. And I, my, I have a theory about that. I love it, by the way. I know Brian we're supposed Kelly, to like cringe at it, but I love it. Brian Kelly is willing to embarrass himself to show you how much he wants you to come to this school, and the players see that. The players see this guy literally does not care if people make fun of him because he wants me to come to this school, and I can respect that he's that passionate about making me come here. Yeah, like that's my that's my theory behind it. Well, yeah, you wake up. I, I wake up and I'm scrolling through Twitter as I'm like drinking my coffee after I knocked out my wordle in three attempts. And I see the the Brian Kelly video, and it's like, 
12 and a half million views. This was posted like 14 hours ago. And all of a sudden, 12 and a half million people have seen the whole like, you know, this four or five star prospect, have seen Brian Kelly, have seen, you know, the the cool shot at LSU. And it's like, we're not really doing anything like that outside of the whole NFL draft on signing day. We killed that. That was fantastic. Like that was, that was great. But yeah, I, I think it's, um, I don't know. We got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. But I got a feeling next time you listen to a Locked On Auburn podcast, um, we will be in a different era of Auburn football. So we'll see. We'll see. Lindsay, how can people find you and hear you? Uh, I am on Locked On Movie Prospects, available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Big show coming up this week, or big week of shows, including Tuesday, SEC Baseball Preview with our friend Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Not going to want to miss it. I love that. I'll be sure to tune in. Absolutely. Hey, be sure to tune in tomorrow. And of course, if he, if big news happens, we will have an emergency pod that goes up sometime Monday if it's needed. So be on the lookout for that. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.